Hello, hello, superhero fans, and welcome to Vigilante Vibes, a Marvel podcast where we break down, digest, and spill the tea on all things Marvel, MCU, and nerd culture. I'm your host, Max Taff, and I'm joined by the Professor X to my Magneto, Megan Nicole. And I am back from the Amazon after searching for spiders. <laughs> On today's episode, we discuss Madam Web. We give you all the Easter eggs from the movie. I give an update on watching X-Men the Animated Series for the first time and so much more. Let's dive in. So today we're going to be talking about Madam Web, but it'll be a little different. Max has seen the movie and I haven't. So for the first time, we will be discussing the movie from the perspective of someone who actually watched it and from the perspective of someone who hasn't watched it but has read the reviews. So let's dive in. And I'm excited to spill the tea on this one for sure. So um, a little info on Madam Webb. Madam Webb centers on Cassandra Cassie Webb, Dakota Johnson, the daughter of a spider researcher, we assume, who died in the Amazon after giving birth to Cassie. When Cassie is in an accident where her heart stops, she develops clairvoyant powers that lead her to cross paths with three young girls. Those three girls, Julia Cornwall, played by Sydney Sweeney, Anya Corazon, played by Isabella Merced, and Maddie Franklin, played by Celeste O'Connor, are the targets of Ezekiel Sims, played by Tahar Rahim, a man who gained powers from the spiders Cassie's mother researched. Convinced that three girls will kill him, Ezekiel sets out to kill them first. So just for your information, Madam Web currently sits at 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.8 out of 10 on IMDb, and 26% on Metacritic. Ouch. The biggest complaints I've seen have been <laughs> lack of good writing, lack of chemistry between the characters, and frustration having to do with Sony's world building. So I think we've all heard how it's doing <laughs> um so what did you think you would see in the movie before going in what did you expect okay so we've talked about this in the podcast before i feel like of all of sony's you know projects they had announced in this spider-verse of theirs i feel like madam web was the one that i was excited about the most um i feel like you were yeah like i feel like i was hyped for this film because it, first of all i, I like dakota johnson i like sydney sweeney I was excited by the little snippets we were getting of the plot before and the trailer. I didn't think it was a terrible trailer and a lot of people complained about it. I feel the trailer definitely not as mad as the movie was. Um, I I mean, yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like I, I had higher expectations than I normally would have with a Sony live action Spider-Verse film. So I kind of went into it expecting to like enjoy it, enjoy it. And, and you know. For the most part, it was entertaining. But prior to going and actually seeing the film, I expected there to be some kind of a multiversal connection at some point in the film. I expected, like, even if it was just the most basic thing, I was really expecting, like, I don't know, like, to hear... Obviously, this was before the Jonathan Majors situation kind of exploded. But I was expecting to hear maybe, like, I don't know, Kang whispering to Cassie from you know, across the multiverse or, like, some kind of, like, a nod. Like, maybe she is like reaching out to a, like a different Spider-Man like through the web of destiny like at the very end or like in a post-credit scene that those were my expectations going into this i was expecting her to be kind of badass like kick ass in the film i was expecting kind of like a like a cat and mouse game which ended up happening so i mean i don't know as far as like expectations wise i guess the plot was more or less what i expected it to be i just didn't expect the execution to be as bad as it was 
that's kind of where I was at. I have heard the wildest things about it. Like, yeah. I've heard that <laughs> Ezekiel's um, vocals didn't match his mouth. Like, they were off. Is that true? Okay, so here's the thing. So I I, I didn't really realize that until, like... <laughs> After I watched this film and people were talking about it online, I don't know if it was just me, but I didn't really notice it that much. I didn't catch that his voice was off. I guess maybe because I wasn't really like paying as much attention to his lips, um, yeah. <laughs> which sounds weird. But um, I don't know. Like people were saying that that almost all of his lines were dubbed, and I don't really understand why. Like that's so interesting to me. It's like they were trying to rewrite everything about this villain after a certain point. Um, I don't know. It's, it seems wild, but. I don't know what um, what to say about that. All I can say about the film overall is that like there were just so many things that needed to be explained better. And as for Ezekiel's character specifically, like I feel like just he was a villain with no real purpose. I understand like he was going after these girls because they you know were supposed to kill him in the future, but like I never understood like why that was important. Like what he was because he's saying I have to protect everything that I have built. Like what did he build? They didn't talk about what actual like. <laughs> What what makes him significant? Like they didn't mention if he like owned a company or you know had like a big business or just just the basic thing that they said was that he just had a lot of money, I guess, from somewhere, and they never explained like from where that came from. So I don't know. There was just there were certain things like that that I didn't that I didn't like, but his character was was interesting for sure. I'll touch more on that. Did he? They ever say why the girls were trying to kill him? No, they. You know what? They really didn't, and it's not like they they. I mean, yes, at the, at, you know, obviously, spoiler alert, if you're if you haven't seen the film and you want you don't want it to be spoiled, like we should have done a spoiler um, disclaimer. But just going into the plot with it, like like I said, they never explained like any anything about his character, aside from the fact that he happened to be like a bodyguard with Cassie's mom in the Amazon. Obviously, he he got himself there because he knew he, he was going to find the spider he was looking for in the Amazon, like by being close to his, her mom. But they never like. Okay. It just didn't make sense. Like they didn't explain like why he was really there, why he needed this spider, because like he just he just had the spider in his house, like in a in a terrarium, and that was that was it. He just I guess he just wanted the spider. Like, there was no explanation. Watching it from the beginning, like because they open with this all happening. Um, that's like pretty much the first couple scenes that you see are, are this big like origin of where why Cassie's mom was in the Amazon, like what she was doing. It just I I assumed at first that it would be explained eventually why he was there, but. Like, I thought he was, like, working for someone else to get this spider or something. <laughs> like, it, they never explained, like, why he just, he just wanted a spider. He just wanted the damn spider. I don't know. Oh, my God. You mentioned the uh, first trailer. And I remember seeing that trailer and thinking, oh, I'm not excited anymore. Because just from the trailer, the acting was, yeah, it was bad. It just mm -hmm. seemed like, it seemed like they were still rehearsing. And, like, the trailer didn't give you anything, which some people like that. But I was, but I was like, true. I don't know what this is about. I have no idea. No clue. Exactly. It was the same thing with Morbius. Yes. I had no idea what was the plot from the trailer. It's just, but, like, I was excited. Dakota Johnson. I love Dakota Johnson. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. The others I don't have any significant pull to because I haven't watched anything they're in. But I like the characters. Yeah. And so... What would you have liked to be different? God. Um, okay, so like I said before, there were a lot of unexplained things, and I'll go more into depth with them now. So first of all, again, Ezekiel's motivations were extremely vague. It just, 
I don't know. It was just this like rich guy living in an apartment and these he just predicted these girls coming to kill him. So he decided, first of all, he his motivation at the beginning, like why he wanted this spider, what he was there for didn't make sense. He killed two other people on their expedition and was like, he wasn't planning on killing Cassie's mom at first until she was like, no, I need this spider. I need it. I need, I need this spider. And then he accidentally shoots her and just kind of like, oh, sorry, like, sorry, bitch, this is my spider now. <laughs> it just leaves her to die in the forest. Oh. Yeah, his motivations for the entire thing were never really explained as to why he wanted the spider. And, you know, fast forward to the 2003, and then you just see the spider in, like, this glass box with all these plants in it. He just He's just keeping it as a pet, really. So it's like, did he just want this as a pet? Is that what the whole thing was about? Like, they never established his motivations clearly, which, again, which bothered me. And then also, Cassie's mom... They never explained, like, if she actually was, like, a spider researcher. Like, is this her profession? Or was Because the, the way they, they framed her character's motivation was that towards the mid part, right before she kind of goes in for the conclusion of the film, like, to, you know, have all these big things starting to unfold at the end. She goes to, to Peru, to the Amazon, and she meets with, like, the tribe of spider people who exist in the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't like that all i'll say about the spider people was that the the visual effect they used to show them running through the trees was very twilight circa like 2008 you watch these things like in 2024 and you watch them and you're like oh man look at that effect that's so like you know it looks so old school and like so bad now that's the fact they used in a movie coming out today was like that that scene of edward cullen like running through the trees or like bella running through the forest and it's yeah. <laughs> like with the vampire speed, that's what it looked like the, the spider people were doing through the trees. They were running like blurred, running blurred. through. That I will say did not look very good. Um, their costumes were kind of weird too, because they looked like a Spider-Man costume, but without any blue and like these weird like reddish vine type things on them, I guess. So I don't know. That was kind of odd. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, I was thinking like, all right, fine. And then the actual man who was like the, the main character from this tribe that we were seeing Cassie's mom and Cassie interact with, like he saves her from dying in the forest. He brings her to this cave, this, I guess, this spiritual cave where she gives yeah. birth to Cassie in this water. She obviously dies shortly after and they, they, they have the spider bite her while she's giving birth. That's how, I guess, Cassie gets those powers, I guess. They did it on purpose? Yeah, they tried to save her with the spider bite, I guess, or to at least save the baby. Again, not well explained what they what they were trying <laughs> to do there. Like, I didn't, I didn't understand that. So, oh, my gosh. I don't know. So she dies kind of right after giving birth to, to Cassie. They, they kind of, like, show her, and then she's like, oh, she just, like, <laughs> dies. <laughs> um, yeah. And, um again they didn't explain like what what if she was a researcher like what she was like so qualified to be finding these spiders for but okay we're, we're just kind of gonna ignore that but we do show her like at the doctor's office the doctor's like oh yeah your baby's gonna suffer from the myasthasia gravis disease and that is towards the beginning or towards the middle of the movie when cassie's going on this like spirit journey when she's in the amazon with this man um she's learning to kind of use her power so she goes back i guess in time or or you know, has a vision to her past where she sees the mom at the doctor's office. My question is, like, did this technology actually exist? Because they, they, they made it seem like she was born in the 70s. Because obviously the movie takes place in 2003. So she's like in her early 30s. Um, I'm wondering, like, did, did they even have this technology in the 70s to be able to test babies like this for all these things before they're born? Like, that, again, was another continuity error. Um, but she, she finds out she's getting this disease. <laughs> 
So she goes to find these spiders to try and help cure her baby. So I'm, I'm again, I'm picturing like, what is she going to do? Like, just like have this spider bite her baby when it's bored? Like, I don't, I don't understand. But okay, we're, we're rolling with it. We're, we're just, we're, we're trying to keep going. Yeah. Only for like all of that sacrifice to literally mean nothing because at the end of the film, Cassie ends up blind and in a wheelchair anyway. So it was just her mom literally did all that for no reason. Like that part does make me happy because that's the Madam Web I know is, bl is blind and in a mm -hmm. wheelchair. So I do like that. Yeah. But like, who's the baby daddy? Is that explained? That's a good question. Who's her dad? No, they never <laughs> talk about her dad ever. No, they don't. They don't at all. What? Okay. Okay. I, I don't think if they did, it was like, oh, I, I never knew my father or something like some throwaway line. I don't know that 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 whole thing made the whole thing redundant. Like I get, you know, obviously comic accuracy that is Madam Web. So I guess they had to get her there. But it was just like that whole thing with the if they had made her just a researcher, like, you know, studying spiders, you know, for Oscorp, that would have made sense to me. Okay, because I get it. Maybe that's where the Spider-Man spiders that they were testing at Oscorp that give Peter Parker his powers came from. Like, okay, maybe they found them in the Amazon. I get it. Maybe there's some kind of mystical significance to them before they're made, you know, they're tested on in Oscorp. And that's why Spider-Man has different powers than these people and from Madam Web. That would have made sense. Like, that would have been a great way to solve that. Like, oh, I'm just here, you know, on a, on a research mission from Oscorp. And one of the bodyguards is Ezekiel Sims. And he you know, uh, also kind of infiltrated Oscorp to get this spider to for his own reasons, which should have been a little bit better explained. That would have been made total sense. And that would have been a much better, you know, reasoning for her being there. For her to like discover that her daughter has this disease and try to save her only for her daughter to end up in the exact same condition she would have been if she hadn't had any problems. It just was like, I don't know. It, it, that, it just kind of became redundant at that point. But so that was that was another thing um, explaining how like in the future when Ezekiel is having these visions of his death, like these three spider women come together to stop him. It was never explained like why they were trying to kill him because in the visions he sees them kill him and take the spider. So obviously I think there was a lot more to this that was maybe cut out of the film. It seems like there were a lot more Spider-Man references that were kind of cut. So that was kind of weird. But they never explain like why these three women came together to find him, like how they all have spider-based powers, are all dressed in spider-based costumes and coming together as like a team. Like, where did they get their powers from? How did they meet up? Like there was it, it just kind of it left a lot of questions. They don't say how they even have power? No, they never explain how these women get their powers. What the hell? Oh my gosh. It's <sighs> odd. I don't know. So do the women know each other prior to this? Or are they just all like, hey, I have spider powers? No. What the f No. <laughs> what? They did, not, they did not know each other at all. Okay, so one of the cool parts of the film, this part I actually enjoyed. I feel like the actual yeah. plot progression, like where she's kind of like this central clairvoyant figure who kind of inter, her web connects them all, like the tagline says, where she kind of runs into these people in passing and then they all kind of come together. That I thought was cool. I thought that was interesting because... Mm -hmm. um, after like they do this whole introduction of the mom and you know she's in the amazon dying and getting killed by ezekiel whatever they kind of show ezekiel he's now recruited this woman who also kind of has like a madam web-esque like job but she instead of having power she's more like a technical madam web where she's able to kind of hack into security cameras and be all-knowing because she has all these internet internet tech savviness to her mm -hmm. um, and she's sitting at this this desk with all these different screens and he, he's trying to get 
this um, national security agency um, program. So he goes and like sleeps with this woman at a ballet and gets like access because she works for the government. He gets her. Yeah, it's like this random side thing where he gets access to this NSA security system that there that isn't live yet, but it's like in development with the NSA that will basically let you track anyone. So he's using his visions to kind of make like an artist rendering of these girls so that he can put it into this NSA computer and have this this woman, this tech woman, like run it through all the cameras and try to find these girls. So she ends up finding them. And then I don't know if this part, come, that part came after this, but Dakota Johnson's like, they establish she's a paramedic and she's saving people's lives. And, you know, she's kind of just like this uncommitted person who doesn't really have like a lot of stuff going on outside of her job. She was, they established she was like an orphan, obviously, and raised in foster care, becomes a paramedic. Her best friend is supposed to be Ben Parker. Yeah. And they kind of, they, they work together as paramedics. And then they, they show her being uncomfortable with like kids and like kind of just that kind of a, I don't want to say stereotypical. I don't like anything mm-hmm. that has to do with anything outside of my job sort of thing, whatever. But they show her at varying stages. Like they show her meeting, not meeting, but running into Maddie Franklin because she's driving her her ambulance and Maddie like goes in front of the ambulance and like flips her off on her way to her private school. They show Julia Cornwall, which on, on side note, I don't get why they changed the name from Julia Carpenter to Julia Cornwall. That was weird, but okay. The event where she is saving someone in the car and falls into the lake I think she was saving a family member of Julia Cornwall's. If I, I could be mixing this up now, but I think that's pretty much what it was. And Julia's there at the hospital and her her half-brother gives Cassie a um, a drawing. And she's like, oh, what am I supposed to do with this, Ben? Like, ew, it's like made of cardboard. It was just a piece of paper. I don't know what the big deal with that was, but okay. So she was there at the hospital. Um, and then they show Anya Corazon being someone that lives in Cassie's building, like on the first floor of her building. So she kind of... It like runs into them like in passing in these different moments. Now, once she is having these visions, now she's on a job. Like you know, they're say there there's like a fire or some kind of explosion that went off, and they're there like you know offering assistance to people that were injured. Her one of her colleagues gets into an ambulance because they have another call, so he's going off, and she's like, "Wait, let me drive. Like, don't go." She's having visions of him crashing. Mm-hmm. He's like, "No, no, I got this. You need to stay here and help Ben." You need to stay here and help Ben, whatever. So he goes, he drives like literally, literally like maybe like 20 feet to like intersection and like a car comes and like, boom, like smashes into the ambulance and kills him. So she starts feeling guilty because she feels like she's starting to go crazy having these weird visions and she like let him die, I guess. So she's all depressed about that. And she gets a call from Ben. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, She gets a call from Ben who then, (laughs) um, Tells her, like, oh, you need to come to his funeral. Like, you know, you know, say goodbye to him. I know you feel guilty, whatever, but, you know, come come say goodbye. So she gets stressed. She's like, okay, she's going to this funeral. And then once she's on the subway is then when she runs into them again. Like, all three of the girls are then getting into her subway car. And then that's where she has the vision of Ezekiel Sims coming and killing them. So she kind of starts taking action from there. Where she's like, I'm not letting this happen again. I'm I'm going to try to save them. Okay, so that was the scene that was released. Uh, a month ago, maybe. I think so. So I actually found out why her name is Cornwall. Ooh, okay. So Julia Cornwall was raised and born and raised in Los Angeles, California, the daughter of Walter and Elizabeth Cornwall. She met and married her college sweetheart, Larry Carpenter, and together they had a daughter named Rachel. So she's both, but you're meeting her before marriage. Okay, gotcha. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. All right, well, cool. I guess they decided to go with Cornwall. So I guess that's yeah. something accurate they did. 
Yeah, I always knew her as Carpenter. I, I've heard Cornwall, mm-hmm. but I honestly thought they were talking about someone else. I just never thought about it, like, too far into it. Yeah, it just, I don't know, I thought that was odd. But I guess that makes a lot of sense than what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that whole scene with them, with, with her coming into her powers and her, you know, meeting these girls and then coming together, that I thought was actually really cool and and actually worked for the film. Like, at least it made, because like, like I'll say, Madame Web wasn't my favorite film, but I feel like a lot of the hate it's receiving online is really forced because it's it was not worse than Morbius at all. I actually found it extremely entertaining. So at least it had that aspect going for it. Like I was entertained throughout. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's that's something. I mean, I don't know why, but based on your review, I kind of want to see it more now. Not like a hate watch, mm-hmm. but like I just want to know. I just want to see. I, I'm not expecting to hate it. But it does sound fun in a weird way because I like that. Exactly. Like <clears throat> Morbius was confusing and I'm still, I think I changed a little bit when I watched it. But I think this could be <laughs> the same kind of situation. Because <laughs> like, I like the characters. I like Dakota Johnson. I like, uh, oh, who's the guy that plays Uncle Ben? Adam. Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. That's, I love him. So I would like to see him. I I think I'll still watch it. But I heard that you do see baby Peter Parker, but he doesn't have a name. Okay, yes. Let's discuss that whole thing. (laughs) Okay, so first of all, I want to just do a little plug. If you are curious to see what Megan's reaction was to Morbius, we did an episode because she had not seen it. She watched it and gave her full reaction and review of it. It was last season, so go and check that out. Very, very interesting <laughs> to hear Megan's perspective on Morbius, for sure. But back to the Ben Parker of it all. So first of all, they never actually call him Ben Parker. He's just Ben and his sister-in-law is Mary. Yeah. Who's played by Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts was like completely wasted in this role. She's in the movie for like 60 seconds in total, I feel like. It was like she was not in the movie a lot. Um, I didn't know she was in the movie. <laughs> Oh, you didn't know? Okay, so I remember hearing she's in the movie, and I was like, whatever. And then I remember the trailer coming out and someone saying, where's Emma Roberts? And I was like, she's not in this movie. Oh, I forgot I even knew yeah. that. Ugh. Yeah, so so she she apparently plays Spider-Man's mom, I guess. Um, and the whole thing is so weird. Like, why they needed to even include this in the film for it not to pay off at all or to give any sort of, like, reference or to, like, allude to anything was just it just felt like a waste of time like it just it was so weird because okay they have this the, the scene ben invites cassie to the baby shower spider-man's dad is never around they never show him um he is always like i guess on this business trip all the time i guess in the comics he's supposed to be like a spy or, or something um so he's always like away on business weird i do have information on that later oh good 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 yeah. okay but the whole baby shower thing was weird because then they, they, they kind of rope, which I've been in this situation before where you they like kind of segregate the men and the women. Mm-hmm. And they, they kind of like, you know, even though Cassie's only friends with Ben, they're like, oh, you know, the women are calling you inside, Cassie. And she's like, FML, like, I hate this so much. But she goes in, like, they force <laughs> her to go in. And, <laughs> and she's there sitting with the women. And she does, she's obviously very awkward. That's what I was looking for earlier. Her character is very awkward. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of like trying to play these baby shower games or whatever. She starts having a vision 
of of them guessing the baby's names and them asking Cassie the name, and then she she snaps back, and then they're you know the scene plays out. They're playing this big guessing game with guess the baby's name, guess the baby's name, and then they never tell you the baby's name. So like this whole the whole scene just felt so the whole including that baby was just so pointless that they had cut that out of the film. Honestly, like it it would have been the same film. Like it had nothing to do with anything. It just felt so out of place and weird. So that to me was was odd. I feel like there were some scenes that were cut with Emma Roberts because I remember seeing some set photos of her walking outside like pregnant during the daytime, like on the sidewalk in front of the house that they never included in the film. Like it was always either her at that baby shower or her at nighttime. She never appeared again. But then at the end of the film, Cassie tells the girls to stay with Ben for a while while she goes on her like adventure to Peru <laughs> for like a week. And um, and she, <laughs> the girls are there. Emma Roberts' water breaks. Spider-Man is coming, I guess. Um, and they all get in the car to to go to the hospital. And then that's when when they get in the car, like that's when the Ezekiel's tech girls like her she, her um, Maddie Franklin's face gets pinged on a security camera. Which again, 2003, the cameras were not that like high definition. So that right there was kind of weird, but okay, we'll just roll yeah. with it. And that's where Ezekiel goes after the girls at the hospital and stuff like that. Or on their way to the hospital, I should say. Um, now, the baby's born. They never tell you the name. They make a joke like, oh, you know, Ben's so excited to be an uncle. You know, all the fun without the responsibility. And then Madame Wem is like in her, yeah. in, in her hospital bed. She's like, that's what he thinks. And it's like, really? Like, okay, this just felt so weird and like kind of forced i guess i don't know plot wise it was just odd doesn't it feel like in these sony spider-man not spider-man movies they really do force like spider-man hints and i really think that's just to keep the audience yes because quite a few of them it's like look i don't know if i would have seen this if you weren't a spider-man centric character like uh venom 2 don't think I would have watched that. Morbius probably wouldn't have watched that. You're absolutely right. And, you know, the funny thing is, if they wouldn't have tried to fit this into the Spider-Man narrative so much, I feel like the movie would have done a lot better. Because, like I said, the Spider-Women in their suits, like, it looked really cool. The costume design on this film was top-notch. Like, their suits were awesome. Even Madame Webb's suit, like, they only show her, like, for a second, like, at the end. But she, her suit was cool. Um, the cost, like even the wardrobe was cool. like I, I liked Cassie's outfit, like her red trench coat, and like I thought her look was very iconic in that way. Um, but I just feel like if they, if they had just stuck with like them being like random teenage girls instead of trying to force them into being future Spider Women and like having this weird Ben Parker storyline, like it just the movie would have made like even if they would have kept Ben Parker as her as her friend, and like kept his references kind of like as like lines, like just sidelines to the main story like it would have done a lot better it just felt like when they were trying to force it into that those spider-man influences that's where i think things just kind of kept unraveling it just was odd i don't know how to really explain it. i don't know if i'm making sense it just like uh, i know what you're trying to say and i'm trying to figure out a way to say it too it's like you have a ball and it's covered in rubber bands mm -hmm. and one snaps and for some reason they have to stick the rubber band back on the ball and tie a rubber band around the broken one. And that's, it's like, this doesn't have anything to do with the story, but you're trying to make it a part of the ball. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yes. 100%. 100%. It's, I just made that up to people. So that one's for free. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like honestly, what I'll tell you is this: the premise of the movie to me was intriguing. Like a young Madame Web. Okay, sure. Like how? Like how is this going to play out? It just the plot details they decided to add to this film didn't make sense. Like, okay, I, if they had a young Madame Web, she's a paramedic. You know, she she's developing these powers. All cool. I would have been a cool movie. I would have been interested to see it. You know, she's trying to save these three girls from getting killed by this random guy. Okay, cool. Like, I, I could have seen it. Like, now, if at the end of the film, or at some point in the film, she would have had, like, separate visions of them as spider women, like, showing their importance, like, in the future. Like, okay, cool. Like, I get it. But just trying to force all that in and the way they did just didn't make sense, I guess. Like, it, it was, like, there was a good movie in there somewhere that just got buried by Sony's usual bullshit, I guess. <laughs> That's the best way I can explain it. And the audacity of all the promo pictures they put out of all those girls in their suits and Madam Web in her suit. Oh, my God. And to turn out she's only in that for a second. Like, that makes me so mad. Because, like, there's always that cool part of a superhero movie where the superhero suits up and the, they show you their final look, like, before the big battle or mm -hmm. something. And that's always one of my favorite parts. And you bastards... Yeah put that out in the public the one time she wears it it's like just why i don't think sony likes us i really really don't yeah i don't I, know what they're like, thinking over there and who's doing quality control it, like is doing a terrible job i don't know what is happening it feels like gaslighting it's like kind of stop taking kind of. stop taking our characters telling us you're gonna make a movie and then talking up this movie like crazy Spending all this money showing us all these cool photos and trashing it. Like, yeah. I feel like if I was involved in the movie, Ezekiel's words would have matched his mouth. There would have been these random loose ends. I probably wouldn't have shown you when the girls are in their suit to make you think they're in their suit the whole time. Like, there's these are little things. Yeah. That I know someone had to approve this movie. Who exactly? Yes. Thank you. Like, Amy Pascal, like, what are you doing over there? Like, what is happening? Why are they even making these films? Like, what, what is the need? You know? Like, and the thing with the suits, like I said, very well done. The girls looked awesome and kick-ass in their suits. They, the suits were done so well. But, like, and, and I will say this. I saw the suits more than I expected to. Oh. Because you know how sometimes they'll do it where they'll show them, like, literally just one time. At least we got, like, a couple of scenes. And they weren't just, like, a flash. It was, like, a, a kind of, like, a full scene of them, like, kind of in action of the suit. You know, killing Ezekiel. And then at the end, they had, like, they did kind of have that team-up moment or that suit-up moment where um, you see Madame Webb in her suit for the first time. But the marketing was so deceptive, like you said. And this is a trend that Sony is doing that I don't like. Because even in their trailer from Morbius, they were including Spider-Man references in that trailer that they completely wiped out of the film. Yeah. And now yeah. They, they, they did hype up on those suits a lot. And like, while I said, it, it was more than I expected it to be. Definitely was not a lot of the movie. It was literally two separate occasions where the first one, like I said, was them killing Ezekiel. And that actually ended up being like the, a larger scene that I thought I was expecting it to be like kind of like stupid flashes, but they actually showed like, Julia come down from the ceiling upside down. They showed the other girls kind of breaking into his apartment to kill him. Um, and I think they actually showed them killing him. So they showed them teaming up. So at least we got to see it in action a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, Madame Webb is having a vision. The girls come to visit her after she's out of the hospital now and they bring Chinese food. And then she's having a vision of the future where like, of how she kind of is now a part of their group where she's kind of like that fourth, <laughs> fourth spider woman, I guess. 
but, she, but like the way they show it like the, the cgi was weird like she's like this ghost kind of like they're all on top of this building and she's like this little ghost like hanging out on the side <laughs> in her suit but the weird thing was like in the promotional materials that i saw like of her on the cranberry juice bottle and stuff like you see dakota yeah. johnson like with her hand out in the suit like with this long hair the way they actually show her in the suit she's wearing these glasses because she's blind in the cranberry juice bottle like her eyes look normal whereas after she loses her sight like when they fish her out of the river after she after the big final battle that's when she loses her sight again like a really weird way that she loses her sight which i'll touch on in a second but she has her eyes are like you know when you see like a certain certain types of blindness that where the pupil is very bleached and very light yeah yeah like that's what her pupils look like after after she goes blind so it 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 wasn't the cranberry juice bottle was not accurate to what was seen in the film i'll say that and it didn't have her bangs. Yeah, I don't know why they put a different wig on her. Like, they could have just kept her with the same hair. That was weird, too. And we know. made this point before. I don't get what the deal with that was, but okay. Nope. One thing for those who, who haven't seen the movie, the, the line everybody was complaining about in the trailer, the um, she, he was in the Amazon with my mom researching spiders before she died. That line was not in the film at all. It was not, I think it was just made for the trailer to kind of explain Ezekiel, because obviously they had trouble explaining what the hell he was doing the whole time. They needed to concoct this line for at least the trailer to like establish like who he is and like what his motivation is. It didn't make any sense. Um, like I, I would have even accepted if like he was also like her research partner that like killed her to steal the research and become and you know you know I, that I would have ex- like something so easily that could have been incorporated. Like, you know, he then steals her research and then becomes rich. That See, those were things they could have established easily that would have made sense for his character. Like, oh, he was my mom's old lab partner who killed her for his her research. That, boom, such an easy, like, quick little tweaking they could have done to make that make sense. But again, I don't know. That was just... I think Morbius did stuff like that, too, where you could see things in the film where that was clearly only in the film, so it could be in the trailer. Like, a lot of scenes that they filmed yeah. i'm sure they're like okay we need you to do this really quick so we can put it in the trailer but then it's like but it didn't make sense in the movie yeah. so exactly that's exactly and i was expecting her to go over that line eventually like when she's explaining to the girls like oh this is you know because there's a part where you know she takes these girls after he tries to kill them and trying to protect them she has them in the woods at one point that she takes them to a motel and then she drops them off at Ben's when she goes to Peru. But there's a point where she gets all this, like her mom's old journals. A lot of things didn't make sense about that either, because there were pictures of her mom, like in the Amazon, like taking pictures of the spiders. Like, who took those pictures? Ezekiel? Like, why did he get these, like, printed just to give to, like, Kathy? Like, I don't, like, who brought her research from the Amazon to, to, to like, give it to Kathy, like, in the, in, in the United States? Like, where, like, how did she get these things if her mom was just, like, murdered and left in the Amazon? Like, it just didn't make sense, I guess. I don't know. Like, maybe the spider people, like, gathered her belongings and gave them to her, like, to the orphanage that they dropped her off at. Sent her a care package. Yeah, like, it's, like, again, another disconnect that didn't make any sense. So wild. Like, I expected, like, that point where she was explaining to the girls, like, oh, he was in the Amazon. Like, I expected that line to pop up there. The line was not in the film at all. So, I don't know. They, I guess they, they had Dakota, either they spliced up her dialogue to make this for the trailer, or they had her record it afterwards for the trailer i don't know but it was just not it so out of 10 what would you give it (laughs) (laughs) honestly um for the sheer like camp and entertainment value and 
being someone who obviously you and I, we have our podcast, we have our group where we're people in this in this biz, I guess, who are famil- very familiar <laughs> with these properties and the differences between Marvel and Sony. Um, yeah. Like, so I went into it expecting it to be not up to par of an MCU film by any means, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, just for the entertainment value, I think overall I enjoyed the film just because it was entertaining to me. And I like I liked Cassie as a character. And like I said, there was a good movie in there somewhere. It just got buried by a yeah. lot of crap. I would say yeah. like like a six, like a six, like a okay. five point five, six, six point five, somewhere in there. So, so basically, you know, don't don't put too much hope in it, but you you'll enjoy watching it. It's a fun watch. It is. Right. It's a fun watch. That's... Um, it's got some some pretty interesting action scenes. It's got some 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 funny moments, like when Cassie's trying to figure out what her powers are and tries to climb a wall and falls. Mm-hmm. There were some, you know, some scenes like that I, I enjoyed, like that made the movie watchable. So that's that's kind of where I'll say. That's fair. So I believe you brought us some Easter eggs from the movie. Yes, some some Easter eggs in this bizarre film. So starting off with um, Ezekiel Sims. <laughs> Uses his dark Spider-Man powers to hunt down Maddie Franklin, Anya Corazon, and Julia Cornwall. When the girls are on the run, Maddie mentions she can call her uncle Jonah for assistance. She doesn't specify how, but she is adamant he is capable. This is a callback to J. Jonah Jameson, the editor of the Daily Bugle, who caused Peter Parker so much stress across many mediums. And they do show the Daily Bugle in the film a couple times, so I guess that's hinting at that. Cool. So that was interesting. Um, yeah. When the girls hide out in the woods outside of New York, they decide to sneak away to a diner to grab some food. It's inadvisable because Sims is tracking them relentlessly. However, the stubborn Maddie makes it clear the others won't like me when I'm hangry. This is a play on the iconic line David Banner uses in the Incredible Hulk TV show, warning people he would turn into a destructive jade giant. Kind of like an interesting little twist they decided to do there for whatever reason. I don't know. A little cringy, but whatever. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I mean the <laughs> diner scene was one of those was one of those scenes that made the movie enjoyable though. It was fun watching them like all kind of bond. Like the, the chemistry between the three girls was 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 good. Like I enjoyed them kind of okay. having their bonding moments. Like especially when they're dancing on the table to Britney Spears Toxic in the diner. So that was fun. Oh, that's cute. Yes. And touching on that scene, our next Easter egg, the diner Maddie Franklin, Anya Corazon, and Julia Cornwall hang out at before Sims attacks is called the Four Star Diner. This pays homage to the diner Peter Parker used to hang out at in college in the comics. So that was that was interesting. Again, another weird Spider-Man tie-in. It's it's a small one, but it's there. I like it. So Adam Scott plays Uncle Ben. In Madam Web, he is a middle-aged version of Spider-Man's uncle rather than the old man who dies and inspires Peter to greatness. He is now a paramedic working in New York. When his colleague, Dakota Johnson's Cassie Webb, chats with him about family life, Ben admits he has a hot date. This is true. He is a very coy, blushing, smitten, and clearly in love. Cassie asks the name of this person. He doesn't name the woman, but it is very obviously hinted at to be Aunt May, the signature guardian who would care for Peter when Ben dies. I was really hoping for a Marissa Tomei cameo at some point in this film, like to show like <laughs> who Ben is dating, but again, disappointed in that. It does like sing 
Adam Scott and then seeing, thanking her. It's like, they would make a really good couple, though. Yeah, like, I just love Marissa Tomei. I want her in everything. So <laughs> I, that's my thing. I just love, I love Adam Scott. I want to adopt him. I know. He he was actually very, he was a really good Uncle Ben. I enjoyed his performance. Like, I, I would I would have liked to have Aww. seen him continue. Yeah. Oh, good. I liked I liked seeing Uncle Ben like younger and like you know what his profession was like him being a paramedic and that was like perfect for him I thought that was a really good um a good way to kind of translate his character so that was nice yeah so our next Easter egg the reason why it's safe to assume Ben is secretly dating May off screen is that Madam Web builds up the Parker legacy outside of Ben Ben's sister in law Mary created by Stanley and Larry Lieber in 1968, is in the movie pregnant and nervous as she says the baby is leaping around inside her. Passionate fans would know this is Peter's mother from the source material and that she is foreshadowing him becoming a webhead. Like, the baby was leaping around? Like, was, he didn't have Spider-Man qualities before he got bit. But, you know, whatever, whatever. <sighs> I guess I guess that was all just for foreshadowing of the Spider-Man thing. Because funny thing about this, if you were a casual fan just going to see this movie and you didn't like know about, you know, even who Uncle Ben was or Aunt May or or that Mary Parker was Spider-Man's mom, like I had to explain to my partner who went with me that that was supposed to be Spider-Man. He didn't catch that at first. I had to tell him, oh, she's pregnant with, with Spider-Man. And then he was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, it was it was weird like the baby was kicking at one point the baby shower and she's like oh he's just leaping around in there and and i was just kind of like okay mary okay <laughs> but moving on richard peter's father is mentioned but not seen in the film mary says he is off on business admitting she doesn't know what he does all she knows is he is frequently gone this nods to richard and mary working for nick fury and the cia in the comics that led to a plane crash that killed them. It is something Mark Webb's movies were addressing before Sony canceled that series. This Easter egg would resonate with fans of the 1990s Spider-Man cartoon deeply as this spy angle was explored in detail. Yes. That's pretty, that pretty true. juicy. I would have liked to have seen them explore this more in some kind of Spider-Man film. Like what his parents, why he's with an aunt and uncle and not with his parents. Yeah, just not a Sony one, if you don't mind. Yeah. No, for sure. For <laughs> sure not. <laughs> Our next one. When Uncle Ben died in the comics, he reminded Peter that with great power comes great responsibility. This is the mantra that drives Peter. Many movies, cartoons, and video games use this line as it is emblematic of Spider-Man as a whole. Cassie is told a different version of this when she gets to Peru to research Sim's powers. The shaman of Las Arañas tribe, Santiago, tells her that when she takes on the responsibility, great power will come. Oh, stop. Okay. Like, okay. Oh, look, my gosh. I will say, like, it seems cringe when you're reading it, but in that scene, yeah. like, the shaman, which I forgot his name was Santiago and that he was a shaman, um, it, yeah. it, it made sense in the, in the context. Like, it wasn't that bad in the movie. I'll, I'll give it okay. that. It wasn't that bad. Because, like, cause, like, reading it, I'm just like, oh, my God. I, I, I kind of I know, yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, it's a little cringe. But yeah. uh, in our last Easter egg, Cassie's final vision has familiar musical notes heard in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. There, Raimi ended the first two films with a rousing orchestral tone as Peter swung through New York. It was composed by Danny Elfman. That's an iconic tone, though. So, like, Sony doesn't have the bright 
<laughs> I know. But, and you know what's funny? Another one that I forgot to mention was that um, at the end of the film, during this part where they start with the orchestral tone, they actually reused a bit of footage from the Raimi films of like a, a building that they showed. Like it's going around on Twitter. I saw it. They reused it. I'm like, why would you guys reuse? Like, it just feels like Sony is so lazy. Like, what are you guys oh doing God. over there? Like, what is happening? God, I, I saw know. that. I saw that and I was like, there ain't no way. There's no way. And it was true. And yeah. Was like, oh my God. They, like, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Crazy, <laughs> crazy Madam Web experience. But uh, just wrapping it up, if you haven't seen it, I think it's definitely worth a watch if you've got nothing else going on. Like if, if there's a dry spot in your television viewing calendar and you really just want to check it out, I think it's entertaining enough. So give it give it a try. Why not? It's all we're getting this year. So I was happy to go see it. I mean, we're only getting one MCU film and like three Sony films. And as I discussed in a previous episode, this is going to be Sony's like make or break year with their Spider-Man franchise. And it's already off to a kind of rough start. But give it a try when it comes out and see see what you guys think. Fair enough. So, getting into the tea time with Max and Megan, would you like to start us off? Sure. So, starting with The Hollywood Reporter confirming that the movie Avengers King Dynasty will be getting a new name after the Jonathan Majors legal situation. That's yes. crazy. So, that is that is all the information we have. Nothing else, no recast, nothing. Just that. Just so everyone knows. Yeah. And just to clarify on this, they they said that they heard that they was getting a new film and all these news outlets were running with it. Marvel has not yeah. come out and said they're renaming the film yet. So just take that with a grain of salt. I want to just preface by saying that we could still be getting a King recast, which is what I hope will happen and finish us out with this multiverse saga. I'm assuming um, uh, SDCC or D23 is when they'll say something about it, but it still says King Dynasty yes. on their on marvel's website yep. all right so morbius <laughs> speaking of <laughs> is coming to disney plus on march 1st before we jump to any conclusions as to what this means i asked the source that posted it first mcu portal and they responded with disney plus is allowed to stream films from its universe of marvel characters under a new licensing deal under that same deal venom spider-man homecoming and spider-man far from home have all been added to disney plus Sony films are set to hit Disney Plus after they've been on Netflix for around nine months. So there we go. I just, I'm just <laughs> waiting for No Way Home to finally come out. Like, why did Morbius come out before No Way Home? Like, No Way Home came out before no Morbius in theaters. Like, why? I don't, I want No Way Home. I want to watch it again. I haven't seen it in so long. Oh, it's so freaking good. So good. Oh, it's so good. Better than Morbius, for sure. Oh, for sure. Rosario Dawson, who plays Night Nurse in the Netflix Defender series, comments on the possibility of her return. When asked by a Twitter user if she would be interested in returning to her role for the MCU, she responded with, yes, of course. Hashtag unfinished business. I'd like to see her come back very, very much. I know. Me too. I also kind of got like sick of her too, so I don't really know how I feel. I didn't. I got sick of her with Luke Cage. I liked her with Daredevil. Um, 
I liked her with Jessica Jones, but it's just something with her and Luke Cage I didn't like. I, I kind of disagree, though. I really liked her character. I feel like they gave us enough of a break because at one point, like, they stopped using her for a bit. And then she kind of just came back to that last Luke Cage episode of that finale. Um, mm -hmm. where, so, yes, hashtag unfinished business for sure, Rosario Dawson. I always loved her character. She honestly became, for me, kind of like the Phil Coulson of the Defenders series because she was kind of yeah. like the glue, but the, the inter the interweaving thread between all these, like, you know, she was in Jessica Jones, she was in Punisher, Iron Fist, Daredevil, and she just kind of was always that one constant that kind of linked all these shows together before they all came together in The Defenders. So I, I always really liked her, and I just love Rosario Dawson, so I really hope, 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 hope she comes back. So that yeah. would be amazing. Well, maybe she will. I think she will, but... So, I think so, too. Moving on. Henry Cavill, there are rumors that he just grabbed a role in the MCU. A lot of people are saying Doom. I really, really think they should reconsider recasting Hercules. Give it to Henry Cavill. Oh, my God. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. You just blew my mind with that. Can you? Oh. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. The original actor, whose name I can't remember right now. He was super hot as Hercules. I was into it. But, I mean, Henry Cavill's Hercules would be just epic casting. However, I have actually been hearing... What have you been hearing? I have actually been hearing a lot of people saying it could be Cyclops that he could be cast as. But I feel like it would be weird to introduce Cyclops at this point. I mean, unless there's something really big happening in Deadpool and we don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. He, he would be a good Cyclops, I think. He would be a good Cyclops, but... I don't see him sticking around long. So I think the logical one is that he's the Beyonder because I don't think the Beyonder is going to stick around very long either. Ooh. We have to remember that Henry Cavill has other things he's already attached to. So if he is indeed in joining the MCU, I'm telling all of you people right now, he is not going to be around for more than maybe two movies. So... See, now yeah. I have a different perspective on that. My take on it is that after his whole mess with the DCU and, you know, is he going to be coming back? Is he going to be continuing? He announced he's, he's going to be continuing Superman, then he's getting fired. Like, I think if he was were to join another superhero franchise, he would make sure, I mean, unless he personally was like, I'll just do like one or two movies. Like, he would make sure that his character has a contractually obligated future to portray this character for multiple installments of the character's run. That's how I would think. Yeah. But, I mean, Megan could be right. I could be right. Who knows? He could not even be in it. This could have been just a big rumor. So. I know, right? We might we all, might all be wrong. Well, he's attached to the, what is it, the Warhammer uh, franchise? And he's, like, building that so. up. Yeah. So he acted like that was his, like, end game. That was what he was doing. So that's mm. why I'm still I still don't believe this just because it's too good to be true. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll let you know if we find out something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's kind of running with it. So I, I I would love it and I would gladly welcome him. And I think he would be a lot safer at, in the MCU than the DCU. That's for sure. But we'll see. We'll keep you updated, I guess. That's true. And that's a wrap on Vigilante Vibes. Until next time, you can follow me everywhere at His Name is Max. And you can follow me on Twitter at Megan the Gangsta. And if you didn't hear, we are a proud member of the Blind Knowledge Podcast Network. Join our non-toxic Facebook group of over 50,000 members, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped, 
follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on all of our socials at MediaverseCU or at Vigilante Vibes. Next week, we are hosting our monthly live episode. Drop by to ask us questions and chat with us live in real time on any of our social platforms, but mainly in our Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Our new episodes will be airing Tuesdays. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and drop us a five-star review wherever you are listening to us. We so appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye for now. But honestly, do the five-star review because like, I think we deserve it. So. Please. Not. <laughs>